I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Thursday, April 2, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What's on the docket today? Are we in the C leg of the ABC pattern that I've been discussing for the last several days? We'll discuss that. Is this a fake out? Are we going lower? We'll discuss that. What are the important numbers that are on the board? We'll discuss those numbers as well. And essentially, we'll discuss my expectations going forward over the next several trading sessions. And then actually, we'll discuss my expectation for the month of April. The month of April ties into the entire COVID-19 coronavirus federal government mandated shutdown. So it's really going on through the month of April, and I'm going to tie back in my expectations for the month of April with the market. That should be somewhat of a fun exercise. Now, before we really get rolling with the charts and the numbers and all that stuff, there's one more mention that I want to make as it relates to the whole coronavirus thing. I think... They're setting up, and this is what happens. Everything goes to an extreme. So you can relate what I'm going to say to the market, whether the market's going up, whether it's going down, an individual stock going up or going down. Think about what this is and think about it relating to how stocks act and how extreme we get and how pessimism is and how optimism is and what happens at extremes. Extremes are the end. Things turn around at the end, whether they're going down or going up. So think about that for a minute. So we've been mandating that companies from the federal government, they're mandating that companies build ventilators. We have everybody and their brother trying to invent ventilators for the eventual need that we may have as an entire country. Nobody knows to the extent that this whole coronavirus may have on the entire country. We're preparing for the worst. So we've got ventilators being manufactured in every corner of every manufacturing plant you can think of. We're having them shipped in. We're finding them anywhere we can. We have universities that are inventing manual ventilators. We have ventilator overstock in process. Same thing with the masks. Everybody is manufacturing masks. Everybody is shipping masks. We're going to have hundreds of millions of masks in a couple of weeks flooding warehouses. If we need all this stuff, and I hope we don't, obviously, but if we need all this stuff, great, we're prepared. My take is they're overemphasizing the need that we may or may not have, but it's for all the right reasons. My take is ventilators and masks are probably two of the best shorts on the board. Let's get back to the charts. Enough of the coronavirus soapbox. What jumps off the page on the daily chart? That's always the first thing that you want to start with, with any chart that populates the page. What jumps off the page? What's the first thing that comes to mind? Generally speaking, and this isn't just with the markets, this is with everything we do. The first idea you have or the first impression you have is generally the right one. 
The first thing I see is a market that's still under pressure being pushed down by the 20-period moving average that essentially has a cap on price. The other moving averages are nowhere near price, so we don't really pay attention to them right now. What's the second thing? The second thing is we made a low. The question is, was it the low? Was it an important enough low? What does it look like from low inventory standpoint? Meaning, how is it against other lows? Well, it's got the volume. That's one thing. It didn't have the highest volume of any of those down days. However, it was pretty close, so it qualifies to be in the volume camp. But in terms of a low looking like a candle type of low, the lows that are discussed in the Lazy E-mini Trader course, the signs and signal of a trend change, we really don't have one of those. So for me, it is somewhat suspect. However, Let's carry on a little bit, and something we haven't talked about in the last several days is, what does it look like from a weekly chart perspective? Now that, my friends, is a reversal candle. That is a low. Now, I know there's plenty of bears out there, and they want me to say that the market's going to collapse and go a lot lower, so I'll humor them by saying this. Can we go lower? Of course we can go lower. They can always go lower. At some point in time in the future... They will go lower. The question is, are they going lower now? And my take is, at least from where I sit, the lows are in for the time being. We're unlikely to see new lows anytime soon. That being said, back to are we in the C leg of the ABC pattern? And the answer is, we don't know yet. It's certainly starting to look that way. Now, here's the question that some of you will ask well we're pretty close to the highs and if the c leg officially completes above the high of the a leg doesn't that take any quality trade off the table and the answer is this no it doesn't because we're not going to just get a peekaboo above the high of the a leg which is basically 263 and that's all she wrote and we fall back down that's not what i'm looking for i'm looking for there to be much more of a relief rally much more of a rally to make everybody believe everything is fine, the band plays on, we're going to go to new highs at some point soon, they'll begin discussing the fact, and they already have, about a second half of the year recovery, and then they'll start discussing all the numbers that surround things, and then we'll start discussing new highs, and all that stuff will come out of the woodwork the higher the market goes in the relief rally. Now, Am I buying the story that the B-leg is over? And the answer is, no, I'm not. Not just yet. Why is that? Well, one side of it comes from a technical nature, and the other side comes from experience. And experience doesn't mean I'm going to be right. Experience means I'm going to have an awareness that I'm going to share with you in a moment. First, we'll discuss the technical stuff. So now we're on the hourly chart. So what do we really have here from an hourly chart perspective? Now, if you were watching the market at the end of the day, and let's get off the hourly chart for a minute, and let's go down to something a little bit shorter so you can see what I'm discussing before we discuss it. Once again, we have a ramp higher into the end of the day. Short covering, panic buying, call it whatever you want. The market went higher into the end of the day, giving everybody the impression That's bullish behavior, and traditionally, it is bullish behavior when they finish at or near the highs into the end of the day. But here's the deal. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I've read this book before, so let me show you what I'm looking at 
and let me explain to you what I'm thinking about. First, we still have this bare flaggish patternish thing working, right? So nothing's really changed from yesterday. This has been going on for a couple of days. Just because we had an end-of-the-day ramp doesn't take this off the table. Under normal garden variety market conditions, this is going to result in a resuming move to the downside. Look what's down below. You have a gap down there. Now, I'm not saying they will or will not fill the gap. They may fill the gap. However, out of this particular pattern, from a symmetrical standpoint, what does that mean? It means everything that's discussed in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader is what it means. I discuss how to identify and how to manage through, whether it's for an entry or for an exit, how to manage through symmetrical patterns or symmetrical moves on a chart. So what we have right here is a potential symmetrical move that's about two-thirds complete. Where does the final third complete? Well, out of this symmetrical pattern, it really completes somewhere down here near what's called the gap window. It's not the fill, right? The fill is down here when they fill the gap. The white space in between these two points is what needs to be filled when price comes down to fill. We consider that a gap fill. Now, we see this on the hourly chart. Now let's go refresh our memory for something we talked about last night. We'll go back to the daily chart. Last night, I had my eye on something in the neighborhood of 240. 240, maybe 239, somewhere in that neighborhood, general ballpark vicinity is where I had the B leg coming down to. That would give us a nice catapult liftoff into the C leg and take us on a nice rally higher for several weeks. Now that brings me into another point. It wasn't an accident or a coincidence before that I discussed shorting face masks and ventilators. It was a point or a method behind the madness. So here's my point. If in fact we're in the B leg or we started the C leg, either way, whether it's from slightly lower prices or started today, we should get a nice healthy rally to take back a good chunk or more of the decline. Now, how does that happen, and how do you tie that into face masks and ventilators? Well, in order to do that, I have to make up a story that you're going to have to go with for the time being. Now, realize, I don't need the story for the market to perform. I have a story for the market, and I'm making up a real-life story for you. Because, after all, the media is going to have to have a story. Let's see if I can nail the story ahead of time. So here's the scenario. We'll give it the broad brush. The market's in the B leg, it comes down, or it already started the C leg up. Things in the U.S. economy and around the world still look horrific. They look terrible. Nobody knows when stuff's going to open back up. Everybody thinks it's going to be prolonged past the end of April. Nobody has a clue when this economy is going to get back working. When are we going to be open for business? So therefore, everybody's expectations right now are for the worst. It's like lowered earnings expectations, right? You see where I'm going with this. All of a sudden, out of the blue, we're going to get some good news. We're going to start getting officials that are able to more accurately predict when these things are going to peak in certain regions of the country. We're going to get further treatments and therapies for the coronavirus. We're going to get more good news about a vaccine potentially earlier than we thought it was going to be. Maybe it'll be inside of a year from now. 
the net net is what we're going to get is better news than we've been getting. And what that'll do is show light at the end of the tunnel, give hope to everybody. All of a sudden, the market will start to realize we will be back open for business. And guess what? It'll take off to the upside and begin to take back a chunk of the decline. Why? Because that's the way markets work. If you're short the market, you didn't want to hear that, you've already hit the dislike or unlike or whatever like button. I get that. You can do whatever you like. We don't trade the market we want it to be or we think it should be. We trade the market that it is. We trade the market that exists. We trade whatever Mrs. Market gives us all day long. What if, in fact, we're not yet in the sea leg of the ABC deal? What happens if we go down farther? What happens if we visit the 240, 239, even lower area on the chart? When is that expected? In this week. I said yesterday, my expectation is we're days away. So whether it was yesterday that becomes the bottom of the B leg, or it's tomorrow, or maybe even it stretches out to Monday, we're days away. That's my take. That's my story. And I'm sticking to it until it's proven otherwise. What happened inside the numbers today? Let's focus on a couple of important things. I'll scroll around. You can read whatever you like. Take it at your own pace. Pause the video whenever you like. We're focused on 2485 and 2500. And you'll notice what the market did when you go back to the charts and you look at the intraday activity. You'll see once again for the second day in a row, these numbers are important. The market has a difficult time sustaining over 2500 except at the end of the day and also 2485 becomes the gateway to lower prices. So we have a range, we have gateways, we have support, we have resistance, we've got the goods. Now check this out. This is put on the board 7 o'clock, 7.15, 7.30 in the morning. Same area from yesterday. This is all the way at the bottom. First to about 25.10, then upward ES 25.25, give or take. Just for kicks and grins, let's check out what happened. This is the S&P E-mini futures contract, the ES contract. Remember, those notes were on the board long before the market opened. Here the market comes running up to what? At least spike through 25.10, but it went up there. And guess what? This is at 10.45 in the morning, long after we cited that number, so we have an awareness. If the market's heading somewhere and we happen to be long for the ride, for example, we know where to exit. If we're looking for resistance and we're short players at the time, we know where the resistance should be. Now, you can see where the market had a very difficult time getting through that general area, 25.10, give or take fell back down in the afternoon, and that's in the notes. You'll see that later. That was not only, hey, the market fell back down. That was, hey, if they can't do this, they're going to do this. That's what you get inside the numbers with the commentary all day, every day. But here's something else that I wanted to point out. Check this out. Into the end of the day, what was the high of the day into the last candle of the day? 25.25. Now, let's go back to inside the numbers. Once again, the last line, 25.25. Now, it took all day to get there, and we don't know whether they will or won't get there when I put the notes on the board at 7 o'clock in the morning. The point is, they're important numbers, they're on the board, so if we find the market headed to one of these numbers, you know it's likely going to be a stopping point number one, 
It's a destination. Number two, what happens at destinations? A, the market likes to get there. B, when they get there, they're going to do one of two things. They're either going to hang out for a while and go sideways, or they're going to turn around and go back in the other direction. So what does this tell you? It's good to have the numbers early in the day. You never know when the market's going to be there. Let's check out the rest of the notes so you can read them and continue or begin to make a decision whether this is something that you think would benefit you if you're an active trader during the trading day. We had one selection from Stocks on the Move today. Early on, the market was gapping higher, then it sold off in the pre-market. But when that happens, sometimes there aren't a lot of stocks on the move. They were getting kind of a float around in the pre-market, so we didn't have a big selection. However, we had shop, and guess what? It actually gave us two trades. Remember these numbers, 349.60 and 341.85. We'll take a look at the chart in a couple of moments. Let's go back up and review some of the other notes from the morning commentary. 931, check it out. Shop did the deal right out of the gate. Take some profit at a minimum. We'll get to the S&P in a few as they continue the shakeout. We don't want to participate in the shakeout. We want to be post-shakeout players. Let's move it along. You can see at 940, here we go already. Not being able to get to 2485 would be the first hint of a pending failure and an attempt to revisit the morning pre-market lows. And what you're getting here is an assessment of the market, the numbers, where the support and resistance are, what happens if they get above one or below another. It's all important information, at least if you want to make money in the market. Now, on the quiet days, we develop or we have an opening range. Today was an opening range kind of day. It gives us a narrower set of numbers to trade from or at least watch if they break above or break below. Then we know what they're doing. We know where they're likely headed. That's the whole objective. There's a big difference between jumping in a trade because you think they're headed higher and jumping in a trade because they're headed to a specific number. It's one thing to be in a trade. It's another thing to know where to exit. Most traders don't understand or know where to exit. Let's move it along. I'll keep it moving along. You can read the notes at your leisure. You can go back and look at the charts and see what was right, what wasn't right, where you can benefit, and whether or not I've just got a bunch of crazy numbers going around. So here at 1025, no change. They're trying to go higher. That was the point. Then all of a sudden I walk away And they go higher in a big way. So by 10.31, hello, walked away for five minutes, came back to a rocket ride. What are they doing? They're going for 2,500 in the ES. 250 SPY, give or take. Now here's what happens. It's a little bit of a short covering rally. What happens then is you have the Johnny-come-latelys hop on board. What do they do? They're chasing price. They hop on board when? Towards the end of the spike. Then what happens? The rally runs out of steam falls back down happens all the time don't chase price let's keep moving along you'll see the same numbers repeated the market was rather quiet most of the day it had some nice moves but it was in a range for most of the day in what i like to call a chop shop formation they were hanging around 2500 now at 11 30 check this out they gave up 2500 so the hourly closes are what's important And we're watching that important area, 2486, 2485, in that zone. If they get below, they're going to be weak and they're going to go lower, 249. That's on the SPY. That was from earlier. You saw that number earlier. 
And you'll notice at the end of the hour is when they make these moves a lot of the time. Funny how they do it towards the end of the hour. And when they do it at the end of the hour or into the end of the hour, I get to use that information because that's the way the market's telling me I'm right about the numbers. They're trying to get to the numbers at an important time. Why is it an important time? I don't know, but the market knows. So I don't need to know. I just need to know to observe it. I just need to know that they're doing it. Don't I always say time is more important than price? And it's more important in more ways than one. Moving right along. I want to get back to some charts. So you can start and stop this whenever you like. Read the notes. See the numbers. See the commentary. See if I'm right. I'll give you a hint. There's a lot of right in here. Not all the time. Not every time. But there's a lot of right going on in here. And then you'll see already at 3 o'clock, which was my last post of the day, I'm giving you the deal. Above a certain number, we cited it earlier, 249, and they can run them into the close. Below, and they can drift or kill them into the close. Well, guess what? They were above. What happened? They ran them into the close. How you doing? Let's answer this question. Who's trading during the day? Who's active in the market during the day? Who's not getting this that should be getting this? Those are the people that need to put on a schmuck shirt. And you know I say that tongue-in-cheek. It's just fun to say. How's shop doing? Let's check this one out. Stock closes yesterday, 384.67. Getting a haircut at the open, it goes up on the board early on. Pretty simple stuff. We're looking at a five-minute chart. In the first five-minute candle of the day, the stock comes down right into the number. It makes a low of 347.91 turns on a dime why because that was the destination and what happened took a rocket ride up to a high of 365.94 are you kidding me then what happened check out the 1010 post from inside the numbers shop did the deal for the second target price nice job to those traders who participated this one is known as a twofer gave us two trades same stock same day nice 341.85 was the second level. It went below by a little bit, making a low of 334.55. In the big scheme of things, when you look at a $30 or $40 stock, it's 20, 30, 40 cents. Then what happened? It went on another rocket ride and it made a high here in this candle of 354.66 off of a 341 buy. Guess what? Another rocket ride. How do you like them apples? We do this day in, day out. How many times do you have to see it to get hit in the head? What's going on over in Camp IWM? Well, you'll see in the notes, if you read the notes, we cited the IWM and the transports earlier when the market was already near the highs earlier in the day, not the high where they finished the day, but higher in the middle of the day, we cited the IWM and the transports as relative weakness. Isn't this information that you want to know during the day? I'm your conscience. I'm the tour guide. I'm the business partner. I tell you to take profit along the way, even though you don't want to. So the IWM, you'll notice it was up today, but it wasn't up the same as the S&P 500. On a percentage basis, the S&P 500 is up almost 2.5%. The IWM is up less than 1%. What's that telling us? Something is awry. It's a divergence. One is going to catch up with the other. What's it going to be? 
Same deal with the transports, up a little over 1%, but still diverging, still has relative weakness. So, they have to be puzzle pieces, they have to be on the table. When they both do the same thing, and they're both diverging at the same time, on the same day, you have to take note, something's going on. Maybe they turn around and they catch up to the S&P and everything else tomorrow. It's totally possible. For today, they're puzzle pieces, and they're on the table. How about the folks out in Silicon Valley? What about the Qs? Also, a little bit of relative weakness. Not much, not enough to put it as a puzzle piece on the table, but it's enough to have an awareness that even the Qs had relative weakness against the SPY. You have to be aware of that. Are there any accidents or coincidences in the market? No. That's why it's an awareness. What about the XLF? The XLF was on par with the SPY. So no change, no divergence, no relative weakness, no relative strength. We just move it along. It basically looks the same as the SPY. There's nothing we can do with this. And that also goes for Smash Mouth, the SMH, which is the proxy for the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index, which is a pretty good leading indicator of the tech space in and of itself. On par with the SPY, leading by a little bit the Qs, but we can't make anything out of it one way or the other, so it's an awareness. We'll just keep watching for further developments. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you and that without you, these videos are not possible? That is true and accurate information. It's basically everything I wanted to and intended to discuss today, so we're going to pull the ripcord here and give it a wrap. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit mystrategicforecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.